The Thrivecast is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to helping accounting professionals save time and grow their practice. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor program, you can truly boost your efficiencies, collaborate with clients, and play a pivotal role in fueling their success. Follow the link in the show notes to find out more. Welcome to episode 94 of the Thrivecast with Jason Blummer and Greg Kite. On today's episode, we'll be discussing how to develop a growth mindset through coaching. A high tolerance for cognitive dissonance is a hallmark of successful entrepreneurial leadership because it enables such leaders to be exuberant optimists while remaining keenly aware of all the risks they face. And a further advantage of such tolerance is that it can play an important role in learning, as noted by psychologist Elliot Aronson. That was impossible to get through. That was that was that was impossible. I couldn't. I... This is a science podcast now. Sorry, everybody. We've changed this to. We're going to read scientific journals from now on. <laughs> we were we were screwing around before we hit record, and we were like, I think that's how a lot of podcasts actually sound. So we were like, let's give it a shot. We got like through 24 words, and we're like, nope. Uh, but hey, well, but seriously, welcome to our uh, to, to the newest yeah. episode of the Thrivecast. Welcome. Yeah. yeah, this is actually starting a series of coaching podcast because in Thrival we believe a lot about coaching. So this we're gonna have a few episodes starting with this one on coaching and how you change to coaching. Yep, exactly. And so we're excited to have you here and we want to get into the meat of it. We got John Lockhorst who's gonna be Boom. our guest uh once we get to that chunk of it. But let's uh let's get through some of the uh the nitty gritty real quick. Jason, tell yeah. us about the uh the incubator yeah, in May. So, so the incubator's coming up in May and this is that mini MBA Julie and I, my partner, we teach people through this two and a half day event in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh is really it helps you uh put eight foundational building blocks in your firm to help you grow. If you're ready to grow, this is the thing that can kick you off. Whether you don't even have a firm yet, you're about to start one, or you had one for 30 years. Uh, people sometimes come from all over the, the world, the U.S., uh, to come to the incubator. So now it, Intuit sponsors that. So if you want to go to thrival.com slash incubator, you can sign up and just put in the code IntuitQBO. All one word, Intuit QBO, and it'll take seven fifty off the ticket. What? That's that's a that's a lot off the ticket. Lots of dough. That is so. Yeah, check check that out. I I, I know I've seen uh, posts on social. I haven't I haven't attended one. I'm not allowed because right. I don't own my own firm. I'm right. I'm, ex, I'm I'm very intentionally excluded from You're that. Excluded. But but I stock it on social media, right. and you can just from the pictures you can go. Wow, people like you can see exploded heads in the. Oh yeah, in the their social heads, media. their guts like they splatter. I mean, no, their brains. Not, come yeah, out they, of yeah. Their I mean, people are being challenged like hardcore. You can you can see that, and you can tell that it's 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 good right. good movement and stuff that people need. Um, something else that we just want to throw out there that we that we talk about all the time. Uh, every Monday, two p.m. Eastern time. Jason Blummer, that's you. Me, you who? Me? Question. You, you, me. You answer. You, you answer a Facebook. You answer a question on Facebook Live. You can watch it live at two p.m. Eastern. No, time. you can't. Yes, you sure no, as heck can. I've yeah, never seen Absolutely. It. And then if you're not available Crap. at precisely 2 p.m. Eastern. You can't watch it. Then you're out of luck. Just like me with the incubator. We can. You're excluded. We, you, I mean, other than the fact that it stays on Facebook and LinkedIn and you can go watch it watch there. It anytime you want. Other than the fact that everything online stays online forever, uh, you've lost your chance so you just go look at it that's what we're saying it's i live have for every, one for one person to click e right and i no. every week people don't know this i submit a question and it's boxers or briefs and it never it never gets never. addressed we ever, never have which bothers me um <laughs> even though you know the jo jockey has a, a, a product called the Midway Brief, which is a, <laughs> that's actually what I, it's, it's not quite boxer briefs. It's better. 
It's not quite compression. Anyways, just look. Anyway, they're a new sponsor. Okay. Look at Jockey's up. Midway Brief at jockey.com backslash Midway Brief. <laughs> answer code. <laughs> answer code. Right. Right. For, uh, Greg Kites. For, it actually increases Co- your price, but Co- that helps them with their price. <laughs> Cohoon. Greg Kites, Cohunas. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Listen, this is a coaching. Okay. We were talking about cognitive dissonance. Yeah. All listeners have cognitive dissonance. So let's talk about that. Okay. Y'all, y'all. Well, Greg, I'm talking to you. <laughs> this, I know. This, is, this is awesome. So Ed Batista, he was on our show. 2014 or something. Yeah. We need, we, yeah. Need, we need to have him back, man. Yeah. He was, he was great. Yeah. Because he was, wait, he was, or he is your coach. He was. Yeah. He was our yeah, coach. Because, because yeah. you switch it up. You're like, I learned from you. It's been great. I need to get challenged in new ways by new people. So part of your yeah. strategy is to, to switch up your yeah. coaches. Yeah. So, but this guy, I mean, he, okay. He, I think he introduced me to, um, I guess what some people call uh, brain coaching with the brain in mind. So the understanding a little bit of the neuroscience behind the brain helps a coach. And that's kind of a lot of the coaching philosophies I follow, but uh, I've, I've learned this over the past few years that there, and you know, I'm starting to see articles about the mental health of entrepreneurs. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm starting meaning, to actually... Meaning that they have poor mental health or, <laughs> well, or how that, to maintain one's mental health? Yeah. Meaning it is an issue and you <laughs> okay. do need to be dealing with it. Well, and this is why, because um, and then we'll get to this growth mindset uh, versus a fixed mindset and what that is uh, mm-hmm. from Dr. Carol Dweck, who uh, who came up with that term. But basically, entrepreneurs constantly always have to be holding cognitive dissonance in their mind and they have to know how to manage that, which is basically knowing all the risks you face and all the things you've done wrong, facing those, discussing them and how you learn from them and move forward and conquer new things in new ways. And holding those two thoughts in your mind is very difficult to do. Right, And right. it blows up the mind of many entrepreneurial firm owners. Actually. Yeah. Well, let me let me see if I got because this is what I got from the cognitive dissonance uh-huh. idea is that because because I, I know just in general the idea of cognitive dissonance is is that you're trying you're trying to reconcile two things that are yeah. somewhat not you know, unreconcilable right and with this it's like it, it, it's a very I don't think it's a it's it's optimist plus realist where you go yeah I I completely understand that everything I'm doing could financially destroy me and my family. Correct. However, I'm pretty freaking psyched to do this. And I'm going to do it. And, and I'm going to do it. And I, and I think we're going to win. I That's think right. it's going it, to, we're going to win. Okay. So I've got the, one of the things that like has been smacking me in the face about this whole thing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer from you. Have you seen the movie free solo? It won best documentary at the Oscars. <laughs> Have you seen this? I have not seen it. Okay. It's not about how they got Han Solo out of carbonite. So that's not what okay. the that's Solo what I would have thought it was about. I know. That's what every that's, it's that's not. What most people would think that. It's not that. It's, it's about not. this guy. Check this out. This guy, he's a he's a rock climber. Mm-hmm. And he and fr- when you free solo, that means that you're rock climbing all by yourself. So it's solo and you're rock climbing free, which means no ropes. And this dude did a 3000 foot cliff in Yosemite with no, with no, with zero ropes. And this is exactly this cognitive dissonance is so much about what that entire movie is about because he, not only does he realize how easy it is for him to die doing this, but he's also like, but I got to do it. And it's, and it's like, and I'm pretty sure I can, and, uh, and, and the, but, but he's so blunt about the risks and, and about the more, t- I mean, cause him, it's not, it's not financial catastrophe. This is diet. No. And, uh, you know, I've seen another documentary on somebody who does wingsuit. Oh yeah. They put on a wingsuit. Okay. And they jump off of a mountain. Uh huh. No parachute. Right. Just, the wingsuit, they're like a squirrel, right? They, they, yeah, they open their right. arms and it's a wingsuit. Yeah. And they ask this guy. What, how would you define risk? Right. Uh, and here's a guy that jumps off of a mountain with nothing right. on but a wingsuit. He goes, right. <laughs> uh, a family, 
three kids and a dog? Uh, that's his definition of risk. Uh, <laughs> he's yeah. jumping off a mountain. You think he's going to say jumping off a mountain. He right. has to do this. He says, right. I have to jump off of the mountain. And yeah, yeah I, my mind, I'm fighting my mind, but I know I have to jump. Mm-hmm. But I have to jump. But so I have to weigh the risks, or I will die because I will hit a a tree. Because you're flying down yeah. the right. level of the trees, basically. Right. Because you can't fly. Videos. Actually, I've seen those videos, and I'm not a physicist. But if I was, I'd be like still going. Yeah, that shouldn't work. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Well, here. Right. Okay, so you quoted Elliot. But, Elliot. Huh? But, but wait, before we get okay. too far from that, one of the things that I think is important, I think this, you know, this almost gets to like uh, some almost like a metaphysical side of, you know, meaning of life kind of stuff with this stuff, though, too, is it's like you can you've got a choice. Your right. choice could be I take no risks that, that will that, that could possibly end in failure. Hmm. Uh, I, uh, but but I say by taking the choice to not take risks, to, to, to try to insulate for yourself from that. You're, you're not living life. You're just, you're just waiting out a clock till you die anyways. And I think that's what these guys that we're talking about. And I think that's what entrepreneurs look at too, where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm talented. I could go get a job that pays me really well, but you yeah. know what? That's not how I'm built. I can't, that would, right. that would be, that would be soul crushing to me. I'd rather I'd rather take the risks and have the roller coaster and everything that goes along with that than be safe and just be bored and feel dead already. There you go. And you, I, I think you've just defined an entrepreneur. And and it's thank it's, goodness I tried in a blog post and I don't think I did it. <laughs> no, you're, you're the blog post was good too. But de- you just defined an entrepreneur, and so an entrepreneur is somebody who does take the full risks of the weight of their future on their own shoulders. Right? Free, they're free solo. Basically, yeah. it's like it's me. Mm-hmm. That ain't got no ropes, right? And if you're solo, you're not climbing with a partner. Um, so it basically you just dis- you just defined an entrepreneur. And what we're learning in neuroscience and the brain, and especially from what Dr. Carol Dweck, which is what we're going to talk about, has coined this phrase: a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Entrepreneurs have a growth mindset but here's here's the here's the struggle they have to be able to deal with cognitive dissonance that is a skill they must learn i've had to learn it mm-hmm. On, and there are entrepreneurs listening right now firm owners that have not dealt with the issue of cognitive dissonance and and you know how we know cuz they are extremely anxious uh, they may even need medication to deal with that uh, because that stuff is real it really does mess with your mind um, and in the theory of cognitive dissonance, you quoted from Elliot Aronson at the beginning. And basically he defines in this, the science publication, he says, just define the, uh, the scientific definition of dissonance. Dissonance is a negative drive state that occurs whenever an individual simultaneously holds two cognitions that are psychologically inconsistent and entrepreneurs live in that state constantly and you know what that will mess with your head if you don't learn to manage that um and so basically uh you know developing this growth mindset is a way to do that and a coach can guide you through dealing with the dissonance Mm -hmm. that you must face as an entrepreneur so if anybody's listening and you have the dissonance just know it's normal everybody faces it it's a thing with entrepreneurship that nobody knows when they get into entrepreneurship, but there is a mental dissonance you have to manage well, and it's all about balance. Yeah. Well, and, and what, is it fair to say that anyone who approaches risk and goes and says, I, I, you know, and again, takes a realistic assessment of what that risk is, but says, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to forge forward anyways, that they've just adopted, they've, they've entered into the land of cognitive dissonance yeah. with that, where yeah. it's like, this could suck, but you know what, I'm actively pursuing it anyways. And I'm going to be, cause there is an optimism about it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. I, I'm going to go in and I'm going to win, even though the, maybe even, I mean, I don't know. I think, 
I want to say that the risks are calculated though, too. You don't have, we talked about that on on an entrepreneurial (laughs) episode that we had where it's like entrepreneurs aren't out there just rolling the dice all willy nilly. And here's our, you know, like in the movie, here's the payroll money, put it on, (laughs) put it on on black, spin the wheel. No, you know. No risk. No, actually, the skill of learning to take risks. Actually, in the incubator, we do a risk reward versus a risk reward scenario mm-hmm. exercise where we teach people how to maintain that that cognitive dissonance balance. Okay, uh, which right. is so important. So, no, you're not rolling dice on risk. You're actually calculating calculating good risk, and good entrepreneurs uh, do that. But this this episode is about just dealing with that knot up in your head. Yeah, where you're like. Uh, the risks are high, and so why am I doing this? And mm-hmm. here you are walking forward uh, and doing it, taking huge risks. And people who people who really grow and move their firm forward, they are they are often you are faced with some pretty significant risks you have to take. And the reason yep. is is because you bump into growth ceilings in a firm, which is at, at different levels of team sizes, sometimes different levels of client sizes. What got you to that point won't move you to that next level. So company building has to go to a new level. You have to often break that growth ceiling and it's by taking some new risk often. And right. it will, it, man, it messes with oh. you when you've done it. Right. But th- you know what? I think you just, uh, you just outlined something awesome too. If for anyone who is running a firm and feels like they're stuck, is yeah. this like what you need yeah. to do? That's because there's a risk you need to take and that's you're not typically. taking yeah, figure typically. That, figure yeah. that crap out yeah. and take that risk. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. And so, and yeah, that's what we teach you the incubator. Well, how do you identify the risk? How do you weigh it? Um, and risk reward analysis and this dissonance is all about balance. You know, how do you balance mm-hmm. these things in your mind? So, if you have these cognitive dissonance type things in your brain, you know, both can't be true at the same time. So, you have to balance kind right. of believing one or the other. Right. Or living, living and dying, it's it's only going to be yeah. one. They're, yeah. Not, yeah. they're not both going to happen, right? So, well, let's yeah. talk about let's talk about the m- growth mindset. Okay, because I because I really like that because that's that's with Doctor Weck. Uh, yeah, and, which which that's actually also my rap name, so I feel a little um, <laughs> Doctor Dweck marginalized by her. Oh yeah, my my but but Doctor um, G Dweck. <laughs> no, I'm just Doctor Doctor <laughs> Dweck. Uh, <laughs> The uh, rapper name. Yeah, shut up. Uh, So here's (laughs) here's the thing. So there's the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. And the funny thing, one this is the thing that stuck out to me about the fixed mindset. Because basically, where we're going is uh, entrepreneurs need to develop a growth mindset, and coaches can help you get there. Because a lot of times you can't get there yourself. Right. The fixed mindset. What stuck out to me about the fixed mindset is the fixed mindset is the people who are. I think this is what I'm thinking. Tell me if you read it the same way. Yeah. If you got a fixed mindset, you're basically first off, you're not you're not interested in growing, but I think that's because you're relying too heavily on the fact that you're just a talented person. Yes. It's your, and that's where your success has come from. And you assume that's where it's going to continue to come from is just because you're naturally a talented person and you can approach a problem and go, I got this and, and move forward. But if that's the case, you've probably taken some risks based on your confidence in your talent, but you're, but but at some point it's like oh it's the same risk again I know I got this because this is my talent and you're not growing you're just continually approaching the same you know it's like it's like uh, you know if you're if you're a sharpshooter you're like oh here's another target and I can hit the bullseye cool boom done pay yeah. me my money yeah and, why and- why it's basically I'm already awesome why why do I grow why. Why do I go into distance? Why would I take risks? Because there's nothing more that I can do. It's maybe like that. Who's that basketball player that colored his hair and hangs out with the North Korean leader? Oh yeah. Rodman. Dennis (laughs) Rodman. Like, like like he was, he was (laughs) like, he may, I don't know. He may have had a fixed mindset, right? He was crazy talented. Yeah. And, but it's like, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just already amazing why would i not be a butthole to everybody everybody's uh, got to cater to me i'm i'm amazing the way i am there's not a growth mindset of mm-hmm. wait maybe I'm, I'm talented but can i learn can i grow can i learn mm-hmm. something what don't i know 
uh, right. the, the growth mindset go, you know, starts to ask, Hey, I think I can go do new things because I'm open to learning. And so uh, just to define them, the mix, the fixed mindset means that your intelligence, talent, et cetera, they're all set in place. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Dr. Dwight would say, probably from a childhood type mindset, you believe uh, your intelligence and talent are set and there can be success with talent alone because talent is a fixed trait. It doesn't change. But the growth mindset means dedication and hard work can develop your already existing talent, skills, and intelligence so that you can improve on what you already have. So there's always room for growth and improvement in a growth mindset. And, yeah. and I think companies want, especially companies who are hiring leaders, right? They want somebody with a growth mindset that believes I can tackle new challenges and learn new things and become a new person of mm-hmm. sorts, maybe. Right, right. And and so uh, fundamentally, I have a hard time believing that there's two, I mean, d- just because it's so foreign, the, the fixed mindset is a little bit foreign to me. And, and I, and again, when I, like my, my focus, I mean, again, when I think fixed mindset, a lot of that's like, I can handle this because I'm talented. I almost feel like I've got, like, if I'm approaching a challenge and there's a timetable and it's like, no, I don't have any more time to prepare for this. And I don't feel prepared. I feel like I have to switch. Like I have to do a mental switch to go, yeah. Oh, but guess what? I actually have to remind myself that I'm pretty talented at the stuff <laughs> I do. And it's like, here's a train. Here comes this train right at me. And I go, Oh, you know what? I actually know how to, I know how to, I can do this. Yeah. I just have to, I have to get in the right mindset to go, okay, let's lock in the talent and just, and just attack. Dude, like that. that that's exactly uh, what Julie and I do in consulting. Basically, you just, you just gave us an example of, ha- of an exercise you go through to deal with your cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I try to, I, I do tons of growth stuff. Oh, I yeah. feel like that's where, that's my only way of dealing with the world. Is to go. <laughs> yeah. If I work hard enough, I can I can yeah. fix this problem. And then every now and then I go, wait a second. I've actually done a lot of work. I'm pretty talented. Let's just freaking do this. Well, you and know, I, here, I got this. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, uh, selling consulting is something. Julie and I do consulting a lot more now, and that's that's going into a, a firm and a, do an assessment helping them understand things, you know, find roadblocks. And then we go to a, an on-site retreat with an agenda built. And we hardly ever, you know, go into that having, you know, uh, we want to spend all the time we can, but at some point we got to go, all right, remember, we know how to do this, right? right. So that first point right. of the agenda, we actually know what that means. And we're probably going to have good conversations to push, yeah. coach them through that point. Now, we sure wish we would have studied a little bit more, but yeah. I think we got this and we, and you kind of cognitively walk yourself through the fact that, okay, we can do this. So let's go. Right. It. Which, which might be, and this is funny, just this conversation, I think it might actually add a little bit of nuance to the fixed versus growth mindset too, because I know that I can get to a point where instead of actually doing something or producing something, I feel like I have to study and learn and, and work ad nauseum. And it's like, there's, when's the point where it's like, no, you just have to deliver the goods now. And I can almost get paralyzed in the growth side of things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, but it's both, right? You got to, you got to study and work hard and, and lean on your already existent talents and knowledge but then right. at some point, you got to launch it. Like, for example, <clears throat> let's say you're a firm and you've heard sell advisory services. And mm-hmm. we're going we're to talk a little bit about that, how Thrival helps people sell advisory services. Well, mm-hmm. that can be crippling to some firm owners who have a tax and accounting and a bookkeeping firm or something. It's like, well, crap, how do I sell advisory services? Mm-hmm. Well, you can study all you want and learn and try. Go to Deeper Weekend. This is where right. we challenge you. At some point... You got to go sell some crap. You got to right. show up and deliver it, and you will walk into that first meeting with some major cognitive dissonance because you're yeah. like, "I hope they don't find out I'm a fraud." But you know what? You're actually probably relying on your already existing talents. You're going to kill it. You're going to yeah. do a great job because you care about that client, and you're going to go, "Oh, okay, I'm good." 
But mm-hmm. you had, but what we're talking about is dealing with that dissonance and how do you yeah. fight it? Because yeah. what it can do is it can really mess with you mentally. It really can bother you, and it bothers some people more than it bothers others. Yeah, and I don't know why that is. It's just our makeup. But um, if you don't learn to balance that and deal with it, it it becomes mentally unhealthy. You really get stressed out, and you kind of then you stop just operating in your daily life, maybe. And is that how, is that how, co- I mean, let's, let's figure out the intersection of coaches and yeah. how that can solve this whole thing. Cause I would assume part, I mean, even just what we were just talking about, a coach can be the person that can say, Hey, uh, Jason, you've been studying about this thing for eight or nine months now, but you haven't done anything with it. Maybe, uh, maybe it's time to put the book down and go actually, Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? So John Lockhorse, we're going to be talking to him in a minute. He likes to say coaching helps people uh, follow up or fulfill their greatest intentions. Mm, okay. I, I love how he says that. It's like we we all as humans have great intentions, right? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Here, I'm going to climb a mountain. And right. a, co- a coach comes alongside you, keeps you accountable to actually pull off the greatest intentions that you have about your own life. And so yeah. coaching kind of forces you into having a growth mindset mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah. acting on that growth mindset and acting on it. But one thing that uh, Ed Batista pointed out in the article is that w- one way you actually change your mindset, uh, it's, in, it's important for leaders to cultivate and maintain relationships that are sufficiently safe and trustworthy to talk openly about their setbacks and mistakes. So that's how you deal with, that's one way to deal with cognitive dissonance. And a coach is that trusted, private, confidential person where you go, I suck. I screw everything up. I'm I'm a loser. I'm a scumbag. And the coach goes, okay, is all of that true? Let me start asking questions just to get to the truth. And then you start parsing through the cognitive dissonance to the falsity and the truths. And then you go. And then the coach goes, okay, so actually you are, you can fulfill some of the things you say you are. You had a mistake, but mistakes don't mean future mistakes. They just mean that's an opportunity for learning. Exactly. Which again, the mindset is. And from, from Dr. Dweck's stuff, that's what I really got was, is that it seemed like, like if I was just to do like a, a word association, the fixed mindset is like, I'm relying on my talent. The growth mindset is I'm, I'm okay with is failure, growth, yeah. failure. I'm yeah. okay with failure. I'm going to learn from failure and I'm going to do better because of it, which is crazy. Cause again, it wraps me back around to that free solo movie because the I thing see. that I didn't realize, I mean, I knew what the movie was about and I knew the guy did it and I knew he made, it was kind of like the movie Titanic where you go, I know the boat goes down. In this one, it's like, I saw the dude at the Oscars. He didn't fall to his death. Right. So, so it's good. Yeah, spoiler, that one's done. But here's what I didn't realize, which I should have because it makes a lot of sense. This guy went, because uh, he, he, the thing was, he did it all by himself with no ropes. The thing that they hmm. go into in the movie over and over again he does it a bajillion times with a partner with ropes ah. so that he can do it. And you see this dude roped up falling repeatedly oh on God. this trip up because he has, and there's this one point in this, in his route up where it's like, well, I could go this one route. And if I go that way, it's really challenging because of X. And if I go this other way, it's, it's really challenging, but in a completely different way. And so he spends time on both routes, just totally like basically going, here's how I die, but I'm on a rope this time. I see. And in the end, it's like, oh, you know what? I have a higher probability for success if I go route A rather than route B. It's not that he's guaranteed to not fail, but it's that he's failed so many times that he's like, okay, that's the that's oh. the path I need to take because of this. Does that that so, like he growth mindset. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the crazy thing too, because I mean, one of the things in terms of growth mindset is that, that I, I, that stuck out to me and all the reading that we did was the idea of journaling. And again, that came to me too. This dude, after every single time, he basically had an AAR with a journal, the dude three, this guy's climbing 3000 feet and he knows every toehold and every handhold that he's going to take on this entire thing. And it's like, yeah, this one, it's like this teeny tiny lip. It's more more like a crack than a toehold, but that's what I use on that one. And it's like, what? He knows this stuff because he's been learning and growing and, and go. And that's the only way he could do it. That 
that you just I, you just described the the growth mindset. The growth mindset is all about journaling your mistakes, talking about them, saying them out loud. Yeah, um, you know, not high because here here's one thing. Uh, when, when you do have mistakes, when you stuff them down, you know, some people stuff down their problems, don't talk about it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, that stuff spills out. And that's mm-hmm. not a way to mentally manage the dissonance that you have to go through. And just like this rock climber, firm owners, if they want to grow, they're going to come, they're going to be facing a cliff and yeah. they're going to be at a conference. Somebody's going to say, sell advisory services. And they're going to go, okay, I don't know what that is. Uh, and, but do it. And then they finally, they go to two conferences and they go, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it now. And so (laughs) they go sell it and then somebody buys it. Uh, Uh and and that's what I had a coach years ago and I wanted to do coaching. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is very transforming. Years ago, I sold my first coaching session. Uh, it was so horrible. It was the wait, the one that you gave the coaching that you did. Yeah, it was my first one. <laughs> I was so nervous. I had a piece of paper with like ten questions, and I was shaking, asking right. them questions. Like this was like it was. Yeah, it was like this, this in the yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, and it was the happiest coaching session in the world. But you know what? I I did it. I went through it. I learned yeah. from it. I kept growing. And it's, it's a skill I love now. I love to do it, but it's taken a lot of practice and it's taken yeah. a lot of assessment around the setbacks and the mistakes of doing and you that. didn't die. You felt like you died that day, but you die. didn't die. Yeah, I did exactly. Die. We got to get John Lockhorst in here to talk about this stuff. Okay. He's the one that will tell us like <laughs> if we know what we're talking about or not. So <laughs> exactly. And we love this guy. He's, he's part of the thrival family That's and right. I'm excited to get him on here and, and have an, have, have yet another engaging conversation with, with John Lockhorst. Okay, here we go. John, get on the horn. All right. We're pumped to have a, a real coach answer some of the questions that Greg and I were talking about. So John Lockhorse is a CPA. He's run his own firm, uh, grown his own firm, is a leadership coach and consultant uh, out of Minneapolis uh, and leads a lot of CPAs, CFOs, firms, and uh, consulting, even has a master's in organizational leadership um, and uh, is a certified coach from the ICF, which is the International Coach Federation. And very cool, John Lockhorse, of course, is Thrival's coach. He's on our team, uh, and he leads our community group facilitation and leadership. So, John, thanks for coming and straighten Greg and I straighten Greg and I out on what coaching actually is. We're glad to have you, man. <laughs> Absolutely, it's always great to be with you guys. I can't wait for this. Very yeah. cool. Well, we're and we're super excited to have you here because we, you know, it's one of those things. A lot of times, our guest is somebody is 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 a stranger, like absolutely yeah. a stranger that we've never spoken to before this moment. It's it's always fun and it's nice and it's it's relaxing to have somebody that we've actually not just spoken to before, but like hung out with. So. Yeah. So we're glad to have you here and to, and to just pick your brain about all things coaching. And the first thing that we were thinking, just a great place to launch it since, since Thrival is for, you know, the, the community of Thrival is a community of firm owners. And since you are a coach who has coached firm owners, we want to know what's the one thing in your experience coaching, what's one of the things, maybe not the biggest thing, but the thing that maybe sticks out uh, in your brain as one of the things that, for, that comes up over and over again in your coaching. What's the thing that firm owners suck so hard at <laughs> they, that they come to you begging you for relief from this one thing. That's what they do. <laughs> well, I think the, the the common theme really, and it's it's not just you know entrepreneurial CPAs, accounting firm owners. I find this in in other industries too. It's it's being stuck. You know, where you have this sense that there's further for me to go, there's more for me to grow and more for me to learn, but I've hit some kind of a plateau or I've hit some kind of a wall and I just need somebody to help me move forward. And a lot of times, you know, what we find as we dive in is that there there are some internal barriers. There are some things that are getting in the way. And I'll just use an as an example, a, a very young, entrepreneurial, optimistic CPA who started her own practice, had gotten rolling, gotten some early traction, and then all of a sudden found that she wasn't growing and mm-hmm. she was starting to plateau. 
And frankly, she was starting to get a little bored because she had hit that plateau and she's got, I, I got these dreams and I've got these goals, things that I want to achieve. And yet here I am, I'm, I'm stuck and I don't know how to go forward. I don't even want to return the calls from the clients that I have right now. What, what do I do? And so over a period of months, we worked together. She started to get a, a new sense of vision and direction, started returning those calls, came up with systems to, you know, to help uh, make sure that she was following up on, on those important client projects and calls and away she went. So that sense of being stuck, and that can be like her where she just felt like stuck altogether, or it might be something that's a little more isolated. You know, it's a, a certain part of our lives or yeah, a certain yeah. part of our practices where we're having a hard time moving forward. Yeah. Is that, like is I'm, that, I'm kicking butt here, but I'm stuck here. Right. Yeah, that, exactly. And you, and you want to know which one it is. Like is <clears throat> like that entrepreneur example that was running a firm, is it is it often a mental block? Like they have some mental dissonance in their mind or could it be a reality like a team member is inhibiting your growth and you need to fire them or so, or could it be a lot of, or could it be their own personal problems? Yeah, I, it can be a lot of things. And I, I use three C's to describe those possible oh, scenarios. I know. Color cut and clarity. Boom. <laughs> I have a friend in the diamond business. <laughs> You're not far off, Greg, on that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I look at it as it, it could be commitment competence or confidence. You know, those are three things that are, that are quite often there. Commitment might be the fact that I'm not that excited about my current vision or my goals. And so, you know, that, that holds me back from really diving in and, and, you know, being all in on those things. Uh, the competence might be a lack of skills, could be a lack of knowledge, could be a, a lack of understanding about the habits and the disciplines that it's going to take to achieve those goals or, or realize that vision. And then a, a big one is the confidence. It's that internal thing where, you know, I just don't know if I'm showing up. You know, there, there's this imposter syndrome out there where That's the unreal, of, well, I don't really belong here. And, you know, who am I to say these things? And so it oftentimes shows up in one of those three C's. That's cool. I mean, Greg and I talked about the very first coaching session I did years ago, you know, cause I had a coach and it, and, and, uh, John, maybe that's why you got into coaching. Cause you had a coach and you're like, wow, this is really transformative to work with somebody, uh, in, you know, such a confidential way, uh, that can really help me move forward. I had worked with a coach and then I sold, a coaching session to somebody because I wanted to do coaching and it was just an incredibly crappy coaching session, but you, but that's the thing you have to go out and you have to do it. You have to do that thing. And so the confidence was something I really struggled with, but I did it anyway. And I don't know, does the confidence come later after you just go do the thing? Even if you could risk messing it up, the confidence comes from seeing yourself actually pull it off. Yeah, a lot of times it does come from practice, getting out there and actually doing it and getting into that, you know, groove where it, things start to flow more naturally. Uh, but sometimes that confidence comes from a sense that, hey, I really do belong here. If I, if I retrace my steps, if I go back and, and tell myself my own story of how I got to where I am today, I have been in this place before, or I've been in similar places before, and I have performed. I have excelled and exceeded, you know, my own expectations or maybe my client expectations. So, huh, maybe I really do belong here. Maybe I am good at this. Right. That It's funny. That, that reminds me, uh, we had Daniel Pink on the podcast a hundred years ago, and he had just written the book to sell as human. Yeah. And one of the things in to sell as human is funny. He says the best salespeople, like you, you hear about these guys, you know, that, that are like, they're like, I, I can do, you know, they psych themselves up for sales. I can do this. I can do this. And he's like, that's the wrong thing to say. The thing to say is, can I do this? And then you rehearse through, oh yeah, I can, because I did this thing this one time and I did this this other time and I did, yeah, I got, I got this. It's a really interesting tweak of the mindset that you can have. Um, 
I just want to drop that two cents because I feel stupid a lot talking to you guys about coaching. Um, <laughs> so, but but I have a, but I have a question. I have a question, and that is, and I think this is this is cool because it, it, it hopefully will hit both sides of things. Because uh, and what the question is is what makes a good coaching client? And let me add some context to that because I think there's some people who are listening to the podcast who 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 have been thinking I need to get a coach. Yeah. But I know as someone who's gotten coaching before myself, I want to know I, I don't know if I got if I got as much out of that experience as I should have because I didn't know how to approach it because I'd never done it before. Yeah. So I didn't know how to be a good coaching client. And then we also are going to have people who are listening to the podcast who want to do coaching and need to try to figure out who the good clients are. So I think it's a good question for both sides. But but yeah, what, like, how does, how does someone be, make themselves a good uh, candidate for coaching to get all that they can out of it? Well, I think it goes back to a lot of what you guys have just talked about, which is having a growth mindset. You know, it's recognizing that I still have a lot of room to grow. I have a lot of things that I can learn and I'm not limited. I'm not stuck. You know, it, the person with the fixed mindset, it's it, it can be really hard to coach that person because they already know what they need to know and they don't feel like they need to know anything more. Okay. Uh, my guess is we don't have a lot of those uh, listening because people that listen to podcasts are generally people that do have a growth mindset and want to learn and grow. So I think that's a big part of it. It's, it's recognizing there are things that I know that I don't know that I need to learn where I need to grow. I might need to develop some new you know, habits or disciplines. I might need to gain some new knowledge. But then there's also that area, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm willing to explore that. I'm willing to find out maybe there's some things that I don't know. Might be things I don't even know about myself that are holding me back from being the best of who I can be or or offering the best that I have to give to, to my clients. So if you have that growth mindset and you come in prepared to, to dive in and explore and discover those things, that's really where I think you can best leverage the whole coaching process. Yeah. And so, I, and I, Oh, it, oh, oh, so is it openness? Go. Is that, is that a good way to explain that is just it gen, like coming in and maybe having some expectations, but also kind of ha- holding those loosely of going, I've got some openness and some trust in this coach that he's going to, he or she's going to take me where we need to go. And I'm open to growth in general. Maybe not, maybe I've got an idea of, I think these are the things I need help with. Because is that what do you yeah, think? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I I talk about showing up curious, and I think that's yeah. important for not just the person being coached. That's important for the coach too. You know, is to recognize wow. that as we come together in this thing. Yeah, we've got some ideas of where we want to go in the conversation, but right. we both need to be open and curious to see what kinds of insights come out of the conversation because the reality is a lot of times the transformation comes from places that we didn't necessarily expect or even prepare for. Mm. So coaching is, so, so if you're talking to a client and they kind of are like somebody that says, I think I want to be coached by you. Um, if, if you kind of sense them going and I kind of know where I'm going, I kind of know what some of my issues are and I just want to run those by somebody that sounds more like a fixed mindset type person. But if you hear somebody say, I am struggling and I don't really know where I need somebody to help me identify my issues. Those are kind of like, John, is that how you would hear different people? Like, or what are some examples of some, or uh, of somebody with a fixed mindset that you would hear and you're like, "Mm, I might want to back away from them. I don't know if we're going to be as successful as I think we we may be. Um, Like, what do you hear in a fixed mindset type person a lot of times? Yeah, I think the fixed mindset sounds like, well, I've, I've already tried that before and it didn't work. So Throw that one out, you know, that, that option's okay. off the table. Or, I, you know, I don't know if I want to try something new. I kind of like doing things the way that I do them. Um, no one's ever heard a CPA say that before, of course. <laughs> right. No, we're, we're not like that at all as a profession at all. No, but, we're, but, but where you have that sense that, you know, I, I've got this system and I've got this process and I'm kind of locked into that. And we've always done it that way. And so 
uh, you know, we're, we're beholden to that, you know, that that's really, I think a sign of a fixed mindset. Now, if it's working for you, great, but usually people that are looking for a coach, it's because there is something that's not working. Ah, that, okay. So that's interesting. If somebody's looking for it, does that mean if people are looking for a coach, they're kind of unhealthy, they're not doing stuff right. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, that, that can be the case where somebody okay. recognizes that there's something missing, that there's a gap there. Uh, but oftentimes the people that get the most out of coaching are people who recognize that I've got a lot of things, I've got a lot of good things going, cool. but there's a few places, there's a few leverage points where just a little bit of tweak here and there, or maybe a little change here and there, and, and I can leverage that to go even further. Mm, right. Cool. So I think coaching can work in both kinds of scenarios. Okay. Okay. So here's, here's another, another direction to take this with coaching. It is there. So like, is there situations I'm assuming there is, uh, where a coach will coach, not just, will coach two people who are both, uh, you coach two like partners. Will you coach partners? Mm. It, do you have couples counseling? Cause that's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a good. Yeah, a solo coachy is different than a partner coachy. But that but that yeah. happens. You oh yeah. You, okay, I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, and, absolutely. There's there there yeah, is yeah. something yeah, called marriage coaching, which is a little different than marriage counseling. Okay. And yeah, probably some of those same principles would work really well if you had two partners that we're working together. Right. Do, yeah, you can coach a, a team. You can coach a, a group, okay. just like okay. you can an individual. Okay, that makes sense because right. I guess if the whole analogy is coaching with sports, you have te- coaches who coach an entire team of people. So I'm again, I'm an I idiot. Uh, no, <laughs> no, that's good stuff. I bet people don't know that uh, approaching a team, approaching a partner group, approach, approaching one owner, those are all different things. Like, John, w- do the same coaching principles apply in all of those situations or do you tweak it a little bit? Let's say if you're talking to two partners in a room or you're talking to one solo owner, do you tweak it a little bit the way you would coach them? Well, the biggest tweak is just recognizing you got more people in the room with different ideas, different goals, and even different barriers to, to meeting those goals or to pursuing those goals. So it, it definitely makes it more complicated the more people that you get in the room or in the group. But team coaching can be a very powerful thing. Now, but, but sometimes if you, okay, let's say, okay, there's also a fact of coaching an owner, right? So they have all the legal and authority to go do the things you're saying do or y'all are coming to conclusions in a session. Whereas if you're coaching a team who's just employees of a CPA firm, maybe like they may want to, you might have a conclusion in a session with a team like, okay, let's, let's try this. They may not have the authority to go do that. They didn't have to go ask permission. Can I try this in a new way? My coach and I are kind of thinking this will help me become a better team member. So how do you help them go do the thing they can do when they don't really have the legal authority and power to go do all the things you might come up with in a coaching session? Yeah, that's a great question. And the principle would apply whether that's a team of people, like say a manager group, which I've done coaching okay. for a manager group who okay. didn't necessarily have the checkbook and uh, the ability yep. to sign a, a yep. check, uh, but it could be an individual who is also not the owner. So somebody at a, a you know, at an emer- emerging leader or maybe a mid-level leader who needs to get approval for whatever it is or to get buy-in. And so part of the coaching process is how do you lead up? You know, there's a, there's this whole thing about mm-hmm. leading up and bringing influence to the people who are your bosses. Mm. You know, how do you make the business case for your ideas? You know, how do you get that buy-in? How do you get approval sometimes to just try something? You know, maybe uh, finding a way, you know, you can't bring the whole, you know, big proposal that might be a bet the farm kind of thing, but you know, how do you bring something that could be a, a, a trial or a beta test on something that your owners or your partners will buy into. Mm. So it's still strategy. It's just, it's just strategy that has different, you know, different moving parts because if you're an owner, you still have to have strategy. If you're trying to do what you just described, you're, you're helping your client develop a strategy to, to get what they want to get, to move forward with what, you know, their, their intentions. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So, so John, I have a, I have a question for you. So let's see if you can dive down into the deep recesses of your coaching mind uh, and think <laughs> of a specific example, maybe with a story. Um, was there a client that came to you that didn't know the wall they were facing or the ceiling they were hitting and you went through a process of y'all exploring that and you went, Oh, it's this. And then, and, and then they said, okay, now I see the thing I didn't see before coaching. Let's go tackle that thing. And then uh, further coaching sessions would keep them accountable to doing the thing you realized in some of those earlier coaching sessions. Can you give an, like a specific example maybe of a firm of something a firm owner may discover about themselves or go through? Yeah, I think one example would be where, and, and it, similar to the where we opened the the interview, where I sensed that there was a lack of confidence. I sensed that okay. there was a lot of desire, but not necessarily the confidence to go with it. And you know, it's not something that you lead with in a conversation. I mean, you you want to be careful and sensitive about how you get there. But where this individual recognized that she was getting in her own way. And we started working on some of those things and getting past some of those points where, you know, it was the imposter syndrome, where do I really belong here? Yeah. And yeah. So how do you show up as your best self in these different scenarios, whether it's a client meeting or it's a meeting with other staff or other leadership, you know, what do you bring to that conversation and how do you show your best value and, and even being able to name and recognize this is the value that I bring to my firm. This is why they have put me in the position that I'm in and how I can better leverage that to, uh, you know, to help our, our firm and our clients move forward. Mm. This is, I got to ask a question. So, um, yeah, who was that? Give yeah. us names. Is that what? Names. No? We want names. Is it? <laughs> Is it that person? Y'all know who is we're it, talking about, right? Is it Jason? <laughs> he changes the gender just to try to... It's me. I'm the girl. It's me. I am pretty good at changing you know, names and changing enough circumstances so that sometimes even the person that I'm talking about wouldn't know that I was referring to them. Well, no, Greg called me out. It was me, y'all. Uh, so, no, but here's the thing. Like, like John, do you, do you face this as a coach? Like, you start recognizing that this person this woman will say uh, is is struggling with confidence right and i mean it's so hard or is it hard as a coach to not go hey hey you, you all right let's clear this up you got a confidence problem lady all right clean that up and you're gonna kill it like you can't do that so you gotta float around you gotta ask some questions and so you're doing this dance so to speak to get them to come to their own thoughts like how how do you how do you do that? And do you struggle, John, with going? You have a confidence problem. Please clean this up. And like, how, how do you, how do you remain sensitive uh, to that situation when you think you know the issue? Well, there's uh, there, there's a little hack, I guess you could say, that uh, coaches talk about sometimes, and that's biting your tongue. Okay. Because let's face it, I mean, this comes out of our CPA background where we are the experts. And so a lot of times our clients are just wanting us to give them the answer, to tell them what's wrong, tell them what's broken. And that's not the best coaching. It's not to say that in coaching, you never give advice, but you don't start there. Ah. You start with really kind of drawing out and helping that individual find and discover those things for themselves. So there's a real, it's both an art and a science to asking the questions that are going to help that person figure out that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm getting in my own way here and figuring out as I go into a different situation, well, here's what it was that caused me to sit there in that meeting and never say anything, never contribute anything. I guess I was a little intimidated by the other people. I guess I did feel like, you know, I wasn't at their level. Well, okay, so if that being the case, what what would help you to understand that you do belong at that table, that you do have a place in that conversation, that you can bring value? So you're right, Jason. It's it's a it's a danger to just kind of point blank. Although sometimes you know it gets that place if they're not getting it, where you might have to make some <laughs> uh, direct statements. 
but generally it's going to be better for that person for them to make those their discoveries on their own. Why, why is that? Is that because then they're more likely to actually act? Because I think about it and I go, I think I'd rather just have a coach that would browbeat me. Like, you know, <laughs> like someone who's like a prophet of some kind that just says, <laughs> I know exactly how the world works. And here's, here's the prescription, do right. these things and yeah. success will follow. Yeah. But so why is it that, that, you know, not leading them by the nose, but helping them figure it out themselves is so important? Well, here's the funny thing, Greg, there are times, and especially as you get into the coaching relationship and you get to know each other and and clients start to understand how the coaching process works, once in a while, I'll have a client who will say, okay, John, just tell me straight up. (laughs) I I think I'm just missing the boat here and tell me what I'm missing because I I want to get to the bottom line. And are you like, finally... (laughs) <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with that. And, and yeah. you know, and honestly, that goes back to that growth mindset where they're ready and they're willing mm. to hear some uh, tough yeah. feedback. Nice. Okay. Um, but really, the brain science shows that we do better. We buy in more to solutions when we are a part of discovering the problem mm. and investing in that solution ourselves. It, it's not a whole lot different than parenting. You know, we think about parenting our kids. And as they get older and they can start, you know, thinking through things for themselves, they're going to be much more bought into solutions that they come up with than just having mom and dad say things. So, you know, in a lot of ways, we're not a whole lot different than, you know, junior high kids. (laughs) So we, okay. So we have just a few minutes left. So let's, let's take a a little bit of a turn and ask, um, ask you this, John, can, can CPAs listening that own their own firm become good coaches for their clients? And, and, and maybe why do you think they can, or, or maybe they can't, and then we're all screwed. So, uh, so hopefully you'll say, yes. <laughs> right. As a CPA who coaches, tell us why CPAs suck at coaching. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They can. I guess I'm living proof of that since I'm, yeah. I'm both a, a CPA and a certified coach, but yeah. here's a couple of things that I think, really position CPAs well to be coaches. One is it's that objective, that you know, professional skepticism, that ability to sit back and to listen and hear where our clients are going in terms of their goals and their vision. And you know, we've got that diagnostic side where we can look into a business, looking through the financials maybe, asking some questions and getting a sense of, okay, here's what's not working or here's what's broken that needs to be addressed. So yeah, I, I find that CPAs, the, the, the best CPAs are good listeners and they're good at creating that conversation with the client. There's a relationship of trust there. You know, you really want that trust. You know, it's that no like, and trust factor. You know, that's what uh, I think fuels a good coaching relationship. A lot of CPAs have established that with their clients. So they've got a good base to work from. You know, I think the big shift is going from just that more consulting voice, which is, here's the problem. Here's what you need to do to fix it. Now go do it. I'll send you the bill and we'll talk again, you know, next week or next Mm -hmm. month. Uh, You know, coaching is more of that inside out process where you're helping them to see those things for themselves and to come up with, you know, the game plan. And, you know, like I said, that gives them greater buy-in to the solution. So Jason, yeah, absolutely. I think CPAs are well positioned to be coaches for their client. In fact, they're probably doing coaching already and they maybe yeah. just recognize it as such. Yeah, probably. They're just not getting paid for it. And, <laughs> and, and they're probably the not. Yeah, they're not realizing the value economically from it either because you should be charging yeah. more for that. Yeah. Well, and, and but that's that's hard, right? Because as a profession, we give deliverables, right? We give things. We give a reconciled set of books. We give a tax return. And coaching is often a guided conversation. And, you know, it's like, what am I getting for this? I just talked to John for an hour and I paid you how much money to do that? And so yeah, the there's deli- no bound report or you right. know, anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah. so I guess we have CPAs have some work to do to explain what is the value you're getting from paying for a coach. Um, you know, and it's that clarity, it's that understanding, it's that wall being broken down. It's learning more about yourself. It's, we tell people it's, we're selling clarity, you know, we're selling uh, release from that confusion that's holding you back. And that's, that's way more valuable than you even realize. Um, but like you said, a growth mindset kind of already knows that they come in going, 
I, I know I'm not hitting all the marks and the targets, but I believe I can. I just need some help. Yep, absolutely. Very cool. All right. We're out of time, John. This is good stuff. Totally. It's so great. So great chatting with you, having you on the podcast. I've missed you, man. It's been what, like five months since we hung out? <laughs> it's deeper weekend. Yeah. Something. We're getting closer. Yeah, I know. And we're going to do it all again in the end of October. John leads the uh, workshop portions of our deeper weekend. And so, um, man, you got to come meet the amazing one and only John Lockhorse. So, uh, at deeper weekend. So, well, John, thanks for hanging out with us, man. This is a lot of fun. And, you know, it's so cool that you, you care for the coaching needs of the thrival members too. So, uh, absolutely. And, uh, I know that there's a a post on the thrival blog that talks about what some of those benefits are of coaching. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, it goes back to last year, but you know, anybody that wants to see more in print that shows here's some of the benefits of coaching, that would be a good place to go. Yeah. We'll link that up in the uh, show notes. Okay. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Thanks guys. It's a blast. All right. Thanks. Greg, that show was really super good, man. So, so good. We love John and yeah, it's. It, yeah, and this is all great stuff. I, I love I love the podcast where I feel like I'm able to like connect dots like in real time while we're while oh. we're processing through it too. And that was what that's what today was. Well, and that that happens a lot to you and I. I know yeah. we get we're hosts. This is fun, but we're like talking to like smart people. And we're like, no way did we just learn that? And they right. came on the show for free too. Right, right I know suckers, <laughs> sucker. We're like, we're stealing all your stuff. Man. Yep. No, yep. No, that was so good and. You know, we're doing a coaching series, a podcast, because we believe in it so much. We believe it's a it's a way to help people move forward. We believe entrepreneurs need <laughs> a little more mental health. Uh, <laughs> <assist>. Yeah, <laughs> because no. and and that's true. If you're struggling yeah. with that, you know what I'm talking about. It is some real stuff you fight in that cognitive dissonance, man. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, abs- absolutely. And I, you know, and even with that, I I, I hope. That there's there's even you know I th- I think our culture's even changing at large where I mean to talk about mental health oh it, yeah the, I mean the, you get into stuff I know I know I I struggle with some some pretty good uh, depression about oh, yeah. once a year and it happens to every year lineup during busy season oh and no. I and I've got to be I got to be uh, uh, the the way for me to deal with that is by uh, you know, by talking about it and getting it out there yeah, and, that, and that's having people, having people like coaches or a community to go yeah. to, to process yeah. too. Yeah. People you trust that you can say these things out loud to, and yeah. that that's what, that's what, you know, firm owners can be, uh, for their clients too, because like John said, we're already positioned to be that trusted objective person mm-hmm. to care for them. So, but you know, we just want to let you guys know that thrival, you know, we do coaching, Yeah. Um, you know, like John leads our, our latest launch of our program is a really intensive program called the coaching and advisory lab. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have an info call coming up April 30th, uh, not long from when this podcast launches and yeah. you can learn more about it April 30th at four. And of course you can register for that, uh, in the show notes. And this is a weekly program you're committing to with John and a small group of other people where He's going to not only coach you, but you're going to practice coaching each other. And then you're required to go out and start coaching your clients while you have a coach coaching you on how to coach clients. <laughs> how can that be better? Right. It's like you don't have to go like you want to be an advisor. You don't have to go do that by yourself. Somebody's going to yeah. walk you through it. And that's pretty crazy to have that kind of care with a group of other entrepreneurs so deeply ready to do something yeah. like that. So, yeah, if you guys are interested in that, John's leading this coaching and advisory lab, and there's only a, a handful of spots we can work on, we can work with that group on because you know John, it's going to be so intensive for John to yeah. lead. So, yep. So get so get on there as soon as you can too. Oh so, yeah, to, to make sure there's a spot for you. Also, within Thrival, there is uh, Thrival helps facilitate one-on-one coaching yeah. uh, for for the community members. Yeah. And so, if it, now now actually that's a good question. Is this limited to community members, or yeah. can it be someone? No, no. It's yeah. So, um, it's so John, yeah, John also does one-on-one coaching, but it's only for Thrival members. Yeah. Oh, this is only for Thrival members. Yep. Okay. So if you're not a Thrival member, sorry, this 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 particular <laughs> announcement isn't for you. If you are, <laughs> but you do want to join? Yeah, yeah, get, jo- yeah, jo- join. Did I just say screw you? Because that's not what that wasn't the intention. No. Even in, 
it was it was yeah get into thrival but but we've got we've got one-on-one coaching with john lockhorse yeah. you can get online find the link in the show notes email us at info at thrival.com if you need yeah. help figuring out where to sign up and you can get to this page and you can choose how many sessions that you want you can do six eight or twelve sessions yep. and you can also choose the frequency of either one time a month or two times a month it's all on there it's all in drop down menus yep. you know how to use the internet and forms online so you can figure it out and it's uh but that's a, that's a way that you can you can get if, if you're leaving this podcast going yeah you know what i need to have coaching i haven't done that before yep. and i want to use that cash in on that to increase my growth mindset uh in my business this is a great way to do it and like i said you can look in the show notes or email us to to figure out how to how to sign up for th- uh, coaching with john yes okay another another podcast in the can greg exactly it was a good one thank you into it for your sponsorship to let us push out great content to people Absolutely. And Jason, if people want to want to find you to have a, a to, to extend the conversation, where can people find you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you, you everywhere you can find, just like Google Jason Blummer, go to jasonblummer.com or look me up on LinkedIn, connect with me there. I'll say hi. And then there's just all kinds of videos and content. Of course, Jason M. Blummer on Twitter. Uh, and Greg, how do people find you and all of your writings, your, 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 your very deep theoretical writings and your comic <laughs> strips and, uh, the- Really, if, if to, to find all out all that's out there uh, about me, it's really easy to just Google me, uh, Greg Kite, Kite spelled with a Y, and so much stuff. I'm the only, there's two other Greg Kites in the country, okay. and they're clearly not accountants. So, so uh, you'll, go, you'll stand out. Yeah, so go that way. Twitter, uh, at Greg Kite, uh, that's another great place to find all my stuff. Okay. All right. We love you listeners. Thanks for hanging with us through the many years. I don't know. We're going on eight years. It's something like that. We've been doing this and we're going strong, man. This is good stuff. So, okay. All right. Thank you, everybody. Y'all have a great uh, rest of the, what, day or or morning or or whatever. Until the next time you listen to us on your your, uh, preferred platform. Okay. (laughs) We'll see y'all. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.